Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Marinero, welcome to Sick Podcast on this Monday, October 23rd. The Montreal Canadiens go into Buffalo and surprise the Buffalo Sabres. Maybe you might use the word surprise. It's not like the Sabres are the Soviet Union either, but they beat the Buffalo Sabres by a score of three to one. Some unusual heroes tonight. Justin Barron becomes the first Montreal Canadiens defenseman this season to score a goal. Brendan Gallagher scores a big goal and Tanner Pearson scores a big goal on the power play to boot. Barron, Gallagher, and Pearson. Jake Allen stops 36 of 37. The Canadians outshot 37-27, but it didn't matter because where it matters is on the score sheet and on the scoreboard, and once again, the Canadians win. I know it's very early on in the season, but it seems like Jake Allen um, has reestablished himself as the number one goaltender for Marty St. Louis Club this early on in the season, and when asked at the end of the game by Marty St. Uh, when Marty St. Louis was asked at the end of the game who was going to be his starting goaltender tomorrow night, he said, well, no decision taken just yet. There's so much to talk about. Without further ado, he's usually a collaborator on Wednesday night, but I'm going to tell you what's going on here. Eric Engels is usually a collaborator on Monday nights, but obviously Eric's in Buffalo. He has to work the game. So I said, okay, let's try and get Eric on Wednesday. And so I asked Craig Button if he could be on tonight. TSN. Director of Scouting, Analyst, and Scout, Craig Button. How are you? I am good, Tony. I'm really, really well. A little bit of snow uh, out in the western part of Canada today, which uh, really signals. Oh, really? oh, yeah, it signals winter. But we're, we're we're into the into the middle of the middle of the second week of uh, the NHL, so it, it's exciting now, and it's great. Wow. Well, I'm not in Western Canada. I'm in Eastern Canada, but I had my appointment to change my tires and put on my winter tires on November 1st. (laughs) And I said to my wife, it's way too early. So my wife changed the appointment to November 15th. The reason why I'm saying this story, I hope it's going to start snowing after November 15th here in Montreal, because if it snows around November 1st, and I told my wife to change the appointment, I'm going to hear it from her, Craig. Uh, you know what? If, if you asked her to change the appointment, that's on you. Yeah. And just as long as she has her winter tires on, don't be changing appointments for her not to have her winter tires. Uh, you're right about that. Hey, let's talk about the hockey game. Jake mm-hmm. Allen tonight was on fire to the point where I saw the smoke here 
uh, in my podcast studio. Look at that. Hey, hey, look, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> he was on fire. Look, 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 look at that. There's a smoke. All right. Um, he was outplayed by Samuel Montembeau a year ago, but we got the feeling from Marty St. Louis that St. Louis wasn't ready to say that Montembeau was the number one. And clearly it doesn't look like Jake Allen uh is uh is 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 ready to give Samuel Montambo that billing as the number one goaltender on the team. So my question to you is if you're a team that was looking for a goalie and you saw Jake Allen play the way he's played thus far this season, especially the last two games on Saturday night versus Washington and tonight in Buffalo, are you interested? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. We didn't we didn't talk about anything before we got on the air here. And that's exactly my thought. I'm watching Jake Allen tonight. And I'm thinking, like, if you're a team and you're looking to upgrade your goaltender, there's a number of teams that should be looking to upgrade your goaltender. Jake's on an excellent contract, excellent contract, and his performance is, is solid. And, and even though Samuel, you know, took over and, you know, really played, uh, you know, significant number one minutes last year, that doesn't take away. I mean, there was, I mean, Jake had some injuries, but to me, when you're looking at trying to, uh, when you're looking around the league and you're trying to upgrade a position, there's no way in my view, you can't be looking to Montreal looking at Jake Allen. There's no way. And there's real value. And, and you know, you've heard this from, from Jeff Gordon and from Kent Hughes, you know, they wanna they wanna make sure that they get value in their contracts, you know, as the as the team grows. Well, I think that you could get something really, really significant in return for Jake Allen. And if they believe in Caden Primo, and you know, they they haven't put him on waivers, they haven't sent him down because they have a fear that they might lose him. Well, you watch you watch Jake Allen and you understand what his value is around the league. I, I think Kent Hughes knows that. And and there should be a lot of high value for uh Jake Allen around the league. Again, uh, if you're looking upgrade, look for, you, you don't have to look very far uh, to try to consider where, where where you could do exactly that. Craig, very interesting comments coming from you uh, out of Western Canada tonight, and I'm going to tell you why. Because here in Montreal, in regards to Jake Allen's salary and in regards to Jake Allen's value on the marketplace, uh, most seem to believe, and the rhetoric is, is that Jake Allen makes way too much money at this stage of his career. And, yeah, you would think the Montreal Canadiens would love to trade him so that they can go forward with younger goalies, but they're probably not going to get anything in return. You join me tonight on the SICK Podcast, and you say you think Jake Allen's contract is a good one, you think the value is very good, and you think that Jake Allen could fetch something in return. His cap hit is $3.85 million dollars. This season and next season. He's 33 years old. So tell me, Craig, which teams do you think could use a Jake Allen in goal? And when you talk about value, what do you think his value is? I mean, so so there's value in the contract. I mean, I, I don't know how anybody can say he's overpaid. I, I have no idea how you can. What, what you just, I mean, it, he's not on a seven-year contract. He's 33 years old. He's got this year and another year left on a contract and a very, very solid cap number. Very solid cap number. And you're not, I don't think you're looking to, to bring in Jake to be a 55-game-a-year goaltender. But how about the team they played tonight? You know, Devin Levi, Montreal native, you know, he, he's out a little bit. I think Devin would benefit by going and playing in the American Hockey League. 
go and refine your game down there. The Buffalo Sabres are in a different place right now and with respect to, to what their ambitions are. Their ambitions with their team are, are, are to be in the playoffs. And I, I think it's really tough to do with Devin Levi right now. Yeah, Devin's trying to learn his craft. He's trying to find his technique. UPL, I mean, a, another really good uh, goaltender in the system for, for the Buffalo Sabres. Again, you, your team is at a different point than these two goaltenders, I think, are ready to give to you. So what? Are you, so you're going to just throw up the white flag and say, oh, by the way, yeah, you know, this year doesn't matter? I, I think that that would be a big mistake for the Buffalo Sabres because I think with a Jake Allen in their net, that they have a much better chance to qualify for the playoffs than without a Jake Allen in the net. And, and you look at you, you look at where they're at, and you look at where their team is at with respect to lots of prospects. All those prospects are not going to play for the Buffalo Sabers. So you know you, you look at it, and you get a goaltender for this year and for next year. You make the playoffs in Buffalo. It gives your younger goaltenders a chance. Uh, to to learn their craft, so to speak. And even if they're ready to play next year, you still have Jake Allen to be a mentor there. Like, to me, I see no downside. So I, I, I could throw out, well, you know what, you get a really good prospect. You know, do they need a forward? I mean, do they need a defenseman? I mean, I think that there's any type of uh, return that you could get, whether it be a draft pick, whether it be something that's really positive with respect to uh, – uh, uh, like a prospect that they might really be interested in at, at any number of positions. Because, again, they, they have lots of good young players, but they're not all going to play for the, uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. So that's where you take advantage. And, and look, look at what, what did they give up for Alex Newhook? What did the Montreal Canadiens give up for Alex Newhook? Uh, a couple of draft picks. That's it, right? Because yep. the, the the Colorado Avalanche were looking to move along and, and, and whatnot. And I, I think a team that needs a goaltender, again, I, I mentioned Buffalo specifically, I think they would benefit greatly from, from, from having a Jake Allen. Not a Jake Allen, from having Jake Allen. Yeah, you know, you um, you asked me about, um, about um, Alex Newhook. We'll get to that in a second. But, you know... Reason number one why I'm not a general manager in the National Hockey League, Tanner Pearson and a third-round pick in return for Casey the Smith. I knew that Casey the Smith wasn't going to play here when they picked him up, but I'm not going to lie to you. I thought Tanner Pearson was done. Um, I I thought he was done. He scored his third goal tonight for the Montreal Canadiens, and he's a hard-working player. His wrists are obviously uh, and hands are obviously now at 100%. There was some concern that they wouldn't be. He's got a real nice wrist shot on him. The two goals that he scored previous to this one tonight, real good wrist shots. He goes to where he has to go on that power play. And the last time you were on, we talked about the Canadians' power play, and you said, in regards to Alex Burroughs, who's in charge of the power play, Alex, you need to play to the strengths of your players and design a power play accordingly, and you need to be better, period. I don't know if the power plays ever looked better than it looked on that play. That was unbelievable. Yeah, it did. You know, the first power play of the game tonight, they had zero shots. It, it didn't look very functional at all. The second power play looked really good. They didn't, you know, Caulfield missed uh, on, on the short side high. They had a couple of other good looks. But the way that they were moving the puck and trying to look for uh, opportunities to, to get into position to – get a good shot off. I, I thought, you know, they got rewarded on the third goal. It was a really nice play. But I thought over the course of the of the game that the power play 
look solid. Entries into the zone, retrieving pucks, making plays in the offensive zone, moving it around. Do is you're trying to get your opponent. You're trying to break down your opponent. And I thought I thought Montreal they got rewarded with it on the on the, on the third goal on a real nice quick touch pass by Gallagher right up to, to Pearson. Timing and all that was really good. But when when, when you got a pot when you got a power play and and you got an opponent, you got to understand what your opponent's trying to do to you. And then you got to try to try to take advantage of some of the things they're doing. I thought Montreal did a good job of that in, in, in this game versus Buffalo. Now, now they got to build on it. And, you know, you, you, you think about not what they don't have, but what they do have, and then try to maximize it. You know, there was, there was some encouraging signs. All right. And speaking of encouraging signs, Brendan Gallagher, his skating style, I mean, trying to get from point A to point B, it was absolutely laborious in preseason. <laughs> and the first couple of games into the season, I said, wow, uh, this is going to be a big problem. Here's a player. We know he's got a lot of pride, of course, and we know that he can find a way to score goals. We just wondered whether he had any gas left in the tank. Well, clearly he's got something left because it's a couple of games now where Brendan Gallagher showed promise. Like tonight, he was very good. Not just the goal, not just the assist. Uh, but you know, the work ethic and getting to that neck, getting to those traffic areas. And it seems like he and Pearson feed off each other. And along with Monaghan, the, the, they've, you know, they lacked chemistry early on. They got it now, Craig. One of the things and I'm, I'm going to preface my, my discussion and talk about Brendan Gallagher uh, with this, you know, once a player signs his contract, his contract is what it is. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you, you can bemoan what, what, whether he's got value in it or whatnot. But if you continue to focus in on the contract, you know what? You, you, you lose sight of how to get the player to play to his best capabilities at any particular moment in time. Brendan, he, he, you know, he's been a Montreal Canadian. He wears, he wears the CH proudly on his heart, not on, not on, the, not on, the, not on his chest, on his, in his heart. And I think that. It, it's kind of twofold with Brendan and the Montreal Canadiens, accepting him for where he's at now in his career and Brendan understanding that he's got to do things a little bit differently. Listen, and you watch this player very, very closely. I was very lucky to, to, for him to join our team in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Guy Carbonell was, was a premier, a premier two-way center in the National League, premier. But then his game changed, and, and his game even changed into 93 when the Canadians last won the Stanley Cup. And then when he came to our team in Dallas, I mean, he, he was still smart, but but he had to he had to change his game a little bit. The coaches had to accept that his game was a little bit different. But his influence on our team in Dallas and certainly his influence on the Montreal Canadiens as time went on certainly carried forth. It carried forth in a significant and I think that's where Brendan has to find his way. You know, Mike Keane was a different player with us in nineteen ninety nine than he was with the Canadians in 93. But understanding that your game has changed a little bit, and, and th- that becomes really important for a player, and then now the player executing to that level. If, if we're going to expect Brendan Gallagher to race up and down the ice and get into every single battle now, where he's, I, I don't think that's realistic, and I don't think Brendan should have to do that. But tonight's game was a great example of, of, of Brendan's energy, his enthusiasm, his, his level of competitiveness. The first goal, he tracks that puck all the way back into the neutral zone, creates a turnover. And then the puck goes back into the Buffalo zone. He creates another turnover in the corner. He doesn't get an assist on the play. 
But little plays that don't even get noticed, coming back through the neutral zone, because Brendan's not going to give up on plays. The yeah. goalie scores. He's not standing around watching. It ends up being the winning goal. He's not watching. He's going right to that net. Boom, bangs it in. And then we saw what he did on the on the, on the touch pass to Tanner Pearson for yeah. the third goal. But to me, you, you know, Brendan's going to have to accept playing a little bit lower in the lineup may, and not getting as many minutes. But I think he can still be a solid influence on the Montreal Canadiens, on the ice, off the ice for this young group of players. You're right about that. And he only got 11 minutes and 14 seconds was his time on ice tonight. But I actually think that in his case, less is more. And the less yep. he gets, I think he can go more at 100% getting 11 minutes because if he ends up going up to 15 minutes, I think he could probably give you about 75% of himself. So I think it's a good move in that regard. And the, what's impressive about him going to the net and jamming that puck home is that it's the story of his career, right? He's battling for positioning in front of that net with a bigger guy, much bigger guy like Alex Tuck. And when all is said and done, the puck ends up in the net. Gallagher, face first on the ice, gets up and starts cheering. He just scored what turned out to be the game-winning goal for the Montreal Canadiens. The hands on the pass surprised me as well. So a, a very big game by him. I also thought a big game for David Savard. You know, the Canadians were killing a penalty, Craig, and David Savard sacrificed his body on a couple of oh. occasions by blocking some big shots. On one occasion, he lost his stick. Jake Evans looks over. He gives him the stick, says, you're the D, you're going to need the stick more than I will. And then the second shot comes goes off of his ankle or off of his skate, ends up losing his skate blade, tries to get up, realizes I lost my blade, stays on the ice but is still using his stick to try and block off passes if need be. David Savard was a monster tonight for the Montreal Canadiens. He was. I mean, in that, in that sequence you talk about, I mean, you, you know, he understands. He goes to press on his skate. He goes, oh, I don't have a skate blade. <laughs> he realized. So what does he do? He just settles in and goes, okay, what can I do now? Right? Like, and, you know, getting off the ice is really hard with, with, with only uh, one skate blade. He, he just understood, okay, I can, I can use my stick to make sure that I, I, I can deflect passes. I can get my body in position to block a shot. And I, I'm going to go like you talk about Tanner Pearson. Tanner Pearson's won a Stanley Cup. David Savard's won a Stanley Cup. Jake yeah. Allen's won a Stanley Cup. You know, if winning was easy, everybody would do it, Tony. And winning isn't easy. It's really, really hard. And when you have more players around that can just show you the way. And, and you know, it, it's a Monday night in Buffalo, Tony. It's a Monday night in Buffalo yeah. on October the 23rd, right? And you're watching David Savard giving you everything he's got to try to win a game. Tanner Pearson coming back from, from the and, – and, and for me, I think Tanner had to leave Vancouver. He had lost faith in the Vancouver Canucks, and rightfully so, the way they treated his injury last year. And, and, and then you, you watch uh, you know, Jake Allen perform like he did. You, you watch Gallagher give everything he's got. I, I, I think that you know, what, are, what, are, what are younger players going to see? Younger players are going to see – this is what it takes. This is what we have to do. This is how we're going to have to play. And I think that that becomes really important. And, and David Savard is big. He's heavy. And I, I look at I look at teams around the league. I've only, I mean, we're only October 23rd. We're only beginning. You know, we're just coming to the end of the, of the second week of the regular season. Uh, the third week begins tomorrow. Like, there's a lot of teams I look at that could use, a, could use David Savard. 
a lot of teams that could use David Savard. But what he's doing for the Montreal Canadiens right now is really significant and really important. And certainly it was on display in this win in Buffalo on a Monday night. So the podcast goes weeknights at 10 p.m. And when the Montreal Canadiens play a game, the, the podcast usually starts, what, 15 or 20 minutes after the game. So it kind of serves as a like a Montreal Canadiens, an unofficial Montreal Canadiens postgame show, per se. Having said that, I have to ask you just one question on the Buffalo Sabres. What in the world is wrong with them? I mean, they've been in the cellar for over 10 plus years. And if they would be in the cellar again, maybe a lot of people wouldn't be surprised. But last year, last year, contrary to what's happened in the last 10, it looked like they took a step, maybe two steps forward. Now, five games doesn't make a season, but this Buffalo Sabres team is not in sync. I, I think you nailed it. They don't look like they're in sync. You know, they're three and three after six games, all six at home. They're going on the road. I think all six at home. They're going on the road. Uh, they've got to go to Ottawa uh, for the game Tuesday night. And Ottawa is a, a team that's competing for one of those playoff spots in, in the Eastern Conference. And, and, and I, I look at their blue line. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they bring in Eric Johnson, okay? I like Eric Johnson, you know, somebody that's, that's won, that's a real big-time competitor. So they have Eric Johnson playing the right side with Connor Clifton, another right-shot defenseman, playing on the left side. Then they have Matias Samuelson, a left-shot defenseman, playing, and Rasmus Dahlins, a, le- a left-shot, playing the right side. Like, like what are they doing? And then, and then you got Yoki, uh, Yoki Haru playing with Owen Power. Like, I, I, like, I'm looking at their blue line pairs, and listen, Donnie Granato is a, is, a, is a good friend of mine. I don't get it. I don't get what they're doing with their blue line pairs. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, right there, it looks out of sync. Then, then I'm watching them, and, and their penalty killing has been uh, pretty good. Their power play has been awful. I mean, the goal that Jeff Skinner scored, I mean, you could ask Jake Allen from now until the end of time. He'll say, yeah, I should have that one. The, the, their power play wasn't very good. I mean, Tage Thompson, I mean, everybody knows in the league now, take away Tage Thompson, right? Like, we're yeah. not going to let you get the big shot off, big boy. And to me, y- your term, they look out of sync. They look out of sync offensively. They look out of sync in terms of their view. And, and it's not like their numbers are terrible. I mean, they're terrible on the power play. Uh, they're okay. But if you want to be a good team and you want to, you need to get in sync. You need to be crisp. You need to be really – speed comes from being coordinated and everybody knowing, hey, listen, I'm there. Get me the puck. We're moving. We're moving in unison. Sync is, is the word you used. I don't see it. I don't see it. I, yeah. I, I, see, I see a scattered approach. I see, a, I, I see an approach that's like frenzied. Okay, we'll get the puck. Okay, get it here. We'll do this. And, and, and they don't look organized. And good teams – Always look organized. Teams that aren't firing on all cylinders or functioning look disorganized. And that's what I see in the Buffalo Sabres. Now, to be fair, there's a couple of kids that I would have liked to have seen, but they're out with an injury. Um, Quinn is one. Savoy is the other. And, of course, Zach Benson. Those are three kids would have loved to have seen in the lineup, but they're all out. Uh, and it, uh, what is it? Benson's day-to-day. Devin Levi's day-to-day. Savoy, I'm not so sure how long he's out, but it looks like Jack Quinn is going to be out for a while, right? They are stockpiling some assets there. There's some interesting players in that organization. There's some talent. There's no question there is. But but Tony, I'm going to go, not all of them are going to play for the Buffalo Sabres. 
There's yeah. no way all of them can play for the Buffalo Sabres. You know, you have Olison, you have Skinner on a long-term contract. You mentioned Savoy. You mentioned uh, Benson. What are you What, what are you going to do? Put out a team uh, like of, of all five foot nine players? Good luck trying to win in this league. Brian Murray, the late Brian Murray, said, "Yeah, he goes, yeah, we can uh, we can have a lot of little good little players. And if we got a lot of good little players, we'll just be a good little team. Good little teams don't win in this league." They don't win in this league. So, yeah, they're stockpiling talent. They're spot, spot, and, and maybe you can trade them. And, and I think you can. But all those guys are not going to play on Buffalo. And if they all do play on Buffalo, Buffalo's not going to be a serious contender. Uh, interesting point you make. It was, uh, I don't know, about a week or so, a week ago, I believe, that I took calls here uh, on the SICK podcast that a gentleman called, and I talked about a missed opportunity in drafting uh, Michkov and a gentleman called and he said that Michkov would have been a terrible pick. And I said, why? And he basically said something to the effect of you can't win in the playoffs with a small team. And I said, well, I agree with that comment, but you know, you don't have to keep all your small players. You just end up keeping the best ones. And he basically <laughs> said, so he basically said, well, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield and Michkov, uh, that would be too small. Add to that Alex Newhook, but, you know, you didn't have to make the deal for Newhook if you knew that you were going to grab Michkov. So my question to you is, um, at what point is small too small? So if I would have, on 12 forwards, how many forwards would you have that are 5'11 or under? How many is too much? Well, it depends what position they're into. The, 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 more, the, 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 the smaller your team is on the wall, the harder it is to win in this league. Like because you you got to be able to play on the wall. You got to be able to get off the wall inside against big defensemen. So again, like you look at Braden Point. Braden Point. I'll ask you this question, Tony. I'll, I'll yeah. ask you the question. I know the answer. Tell me how many five foot ten number one centers there are in the National Hockey League. Five uh, foot ten. So that's yeah. under five eleven. Five foot ten. The only guy I can think of is Point. Well, guess what? You're right. He's the only one. So he's a superstar. We can go back in time. The, 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 the very good small players always had a place in the game. Always had a place in the game. I don't care if your name is Henri Richard or Yvonne Cornwallier, Mats Naslin. They were, all, they were all excellent players. It's not about the top players. But you, you cannot go in against teams with big defensemen and big wingers on the wall and expect to have – it, 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 it's too tight. The space is, is limited. It, the, the opportunity to, to, to grind through that becomes harder and harder. And, and that's just the reality of where the NHL is at. That doesn't mean that when, – when I say, listen, Matty Savoy, Zach Benson, Victor Olofsson, uh, Jack Quinn – Peyton, they're all they're good players. Casey Middlestack. You just can't have them. Yeah, you you can't you can't have them all on your team. You can't. There's just no way you can have them all on your team. And yeah, you're right. All the in, in my view, and 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 I there's ample example. So I I don't think Nick Suzuki. I, I mean Nick Suzuki to me isn't small. You know he, he's he's such a good player. Cole Caulfield's small. He's elite. Cole yeah. Caulfield's going to play, and he's always going to be. But how many can you? And, and like you and I talked about this about Mitchkov. I am like, if you want Mitchkov, just just understand this is what he brings to the team, and you're going to have to build out in other areas. Our conversation on Mitchkov was don't pass on him because of all the stupid speculation <laughs> surrounding yeah. him. 
pass on him because you go, we're going to draft David Reinbacher because we believe that this player is really going to be strong and help us. And, and, and I always say that, celebrate it. You know, I, I, got asked, I got asked the question again today. Why should the Canadians drafted Logan Cooley? I said, why? Why? Like, you're going to go back now down in, in time? Logan Cooley's a very talented player. But Slavkovsky is going to add things that are really, really important to a team. And so when you draft players, I, I think it's really important to understand what you're getting. Don't overproject them. And then go from there. But there's no way you can have you can have a team full of smaller players. I, I use the Brian Murray line. There, there's no way you, you cannot win when it counts with with too many small players. You can't. Right. Um, you know, somebody mentioned Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is five foot eleven, folks. All right, just so you know. So Craig's question was: Name me centermen that are five ten or less. Jack Hughes is five foot eleven. We know he's special, folks. We know that. All right, five games in. Sean Monahan, who had 17 points in 27 games last year, has five points in five games. When the Canadians acquired him last year and the first round pick, a lot of people said if he has a great first four or five months of the season, they'll trade him at the deadline and then they'll end up getting another first round pick for him. Unfortunately, Monahan went down with several injuries and missed the remainder of the season, they couldn't trade him. So in the offseason, there was a decision to be made. Monad's trying to get a long-term deal somewhere else. He can't get it. He's been too injury-prone over the past couple of years. So the Canadians probably sat him down and said, listen, Sean, last year worked out great. You had 17 points in 25 games. You did extremely well. If you didn't get hurt, you were going to get a bunch of points. We're going to be able to trade you, and you would have got yourself a long-term deal with another team. So why don't we try to do this again? Let's cross our fingers and hope you're going to be healthy this year. So they did. Five games in, five points for Sean Monaghan. If he stays injury-free, what could his value be on the marketplace? And off the top of your head, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, is there a team that you look at and say, you know what? You need depth at the center ice position to win a Stanley Cup. He could be a great third-line centerman for another team. He could be the missing piece to the puzzle. What is his value? And is there a team that you think he'd be a great fit on? Well, number one is an expiring contract. So, you know, with with everybody tight to the cap, that has value in and of itself. A healthy Sean Monaghan is a good Sean Monaghan. You know, Sean had the, had, had the, had the surgeries and got himself into a really good place. Uh, prior to coming to uh, Montreal. And then he had the bad, and then it just was unfortunate what happened to him last year. To me, he, he can do so many things for your team in a lot of different areas. Kill penalties, take face-offs, you know, even in the course of a season. He, he, he's been good on the shootout in his career. He's a smart player. And to your point, he's not that number two center. He's not a top two line player anymore, but he can play on your power play. He can slide in there and give you uh, a scoring threat on the power play. So when I look at Sean Monaghan and I look at where he could, uh, I I mean, Ivan Barbashev got traded last year for Zach Dean. Zach Dean was a first round draft pick. So to me, you're looking to fill in a specific area of your team. And if Sean Monaghan is healthy, Sean Monaghan, I believe, can, can fetch a first-round draft pick or potentially a, a, a prospect that is a first-round, uh, that, that was a first-round uh, draft pick, like Zach Dean. You know, Zach Dean was two years advanced, you know, goes to San Jose, or goes to St. Louis, excuse me. But 
Sean, I think, could, could fit a lot of different teams. I mean, Boston right now, I mean, I know they got Matthew Poitier there and he's playing very well and everything. They lose Krejci, they, they lose Krejci and Bergeron. You know, that could be a team that he could go in and fit in nicely to. I look at, 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 at you know, I don't want to say Toronto, but when I say I don't want to say Toronto, Toronto doesn't have a third-line center right now. I think that he could go and fit into a third-line center role in Toronto. I think that he's exactly the type. And, oh, yeah. Didn't Bradshaw Living draft him in Calgary? Oh. Uh, right about that. Knowledge yeah. there right now. A little bit of knowledge there. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are looking to try to be a better team come playoff time. I think Sean, a healthy Sean Marnahan, hopes you do exactly that. You know, those are two teams that I mentioned. The other place that might be a good spot for them are the Winnipeg Jets. You know, when you when you think, I mean, I they started Perfetti there, but I don't think they're really committed to Perfetti there. And I think that you know, Sean on a one year one year left on his contract, that might be another good spot for him for him to end up in. And you know, I I don't think Colorado, I don't think Vegas, those teams are are ones that really where, where he fits. But I, I I just named three teams that I think that he would uh, improve their their lot. In the center ice position, and, and obviously it goes without saying, he's got to be healthy. But when he's healthy, he, he's a solid player. Couple more for you, and then we'll let you go. Uh, I saw a stat today that really surprised me. I would have never thought that Yuri Sofkowski would come up as a faster skater than Alex Newhook. Maybe it's an unconventional style of skating. Maybe it's, a, I, I don't know what it is. I was shocked to see that stat. Well, okay, so you see that that's from the new TS, that's from the new NHL Edge stats, right? That is correct. You know? Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, the game, the, it's it's nice. I mean, we get these oh, how fast the player is and everything, but the game isn't that you're not measured on on how on how fast you, you you skate. You're measured on how fast you get to the right places at the right times. And you know, if you wanted to put a stopwatch on Mark Stone, you, you would go, "Oh my God! Like, why do like Mark Stone? Why is he even in the league?" And I just bring up Mark Stone because he's he's a brilliant thinker. The pace that he plays with, and you know, one of the things that you know, Uri, you know, he's big, he's powerful. I mean, he's a big, big, big young man, and. The way he moves, I, I think it might be deceptive when you're watching him with the eye. And and I think it's good that we have this type of data to kind of say, hey, he's faster than he may look to the to, to the eye. And, you know, Alex is a little bit smaller. He, he looks like he might be, uh, you, you know, a little bit speedier to the eye. But now, but now uh, we can put the the measure to it and say, yeah, but – it's not all about skating fast. I mean, there's long, I mean, Connor McDavid is not the fastest player in the league in terms of straight speed. But when you combine his skating and his processing ability, nobody is faster than Connor McDavid in getting to the right places at the right time all the time. Uh, no, you're right about that. Okay, now five games in, uh, we've had a chance to see Samuel Montembeau on two occasions. We've had a chance to see Jake Allen on three occasions. We still have not yet seen Caden Primo. I know a lot of people don't like this situation of three goalies up with the big team at the same time. Tomorrow night, they're playing their second game in as many nights. It's three games and four nights, travel included. Chances are, because of that, they're not going to come back with Jake Allen, who played on Saturday and who played tonight. So the question is, Montembeau was backing up Jake Allen tonight in Buffalo. Caden Primo stayed behind with the goalie coach and they worked together 
today. What does that tell you? And what would you do for tomorrow night's game versus the New Jersey Devils? Well, New Jersey's a really good team. And, you know, like, I mean, Montreal's coming off a win. Uh, you know, you, you, I mean, I, I, like the, I like the idea of leaving Caden behind and then maybe getting him ready to, to play in, in, in the game. He doesn't have to travel, doesn't have to uh, be, be there. He can do a lot of the work off the ice. But at the same time, I, I think we talked about this last week, Tony, but maybe the idea is, you know, Caden's going to back up tomorrow. Jake, you know what? You're going to get a you're going to get a well deserved day off. You know, fly back. You know, sleep in. You don't have to worry about a game day routine. You know, we'll see you at the rink. You know, come by. You know, have a have a have a toasty up in the lounge, <laughs> if, if that's what you fancy. And uh, maybe Caden backs up tomorrow, and then he gets ready, gets into the warm up rhythm. You know, that's important, I think. And then he plays the Canadians next game, not not the one against New Jersey, but the one after that. All right. That's okay. what that's what I would be thinking about, Tony. That's how I would be thinking about this. Yeah. Um I I, I had a chance. I um I got a note, I looked up something, and uh somebody wrote something here in ending, and I, I believe they are right. Yes, as a matter of fact, they are. Uh it was and I would have got this completely wrong, by the way. Okay, so you ready for this? Yeah. Sean Monaghan was drafted in 2013. The Flames general manager from 2010 to December 2013 was actually Jay Feaster. He was the general manager when Sean Monaghan was drafted. After Feaster, it was uh, it was Brian Burke for about six or seven months. And then after that, starting in April of 2014, it was Brad Tree Living. So Tree Living's first year scouting with uh as general manager of the flames was in 2014 monahan was a 2013 pick so he was a draft pick of the jay feaster administration but, but so so fair enough those are the facts and that's and, and that i is, i, I would have got that wrong too by the way i thought the yeah yeah, no, yeah it's okay yeah no but it's good it's good no, but it's good it's good to, it's good that uh you know thank you uh for that correction but Jay Feaster watched Sean Monaghan up front and up close. Or not Jay Feaster. Brad Treliving watched Sean Monaghan up front and up close for the majority of his career in Calgary. And he, and if anybody would know Sean Monaghan, you know, like what he could add to a team, what, where he could fit into a team, you're right. not only on the ice, but off the ice, it's Brad Treliving. Uh, you're you're and, absolutely. And, 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 that's, and that's how I should have framed it. Yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right about that because Brad Treliving obviously – was the general manager of the uh, of the uh, Calgary Flames for nine years, from April of 2014 to April of 2023. So yeah, he's the guy that knows Sean Monahan better than anyone else. Hey, uh, this was a lot of fun. So, Caden uh, Primo tomorrow night, game after back up. Caden tomorrow. Caden back up tomorrow. Jake Allen takes tonight the day off, and then in, in the game after, Caden plays and Jake Allen backs up. Okay, I got it. So, Mont, oh, hold on a second. So, uh, it's late for me. Montembeau plays tomorrow. Montembeau plays tomorrow, and then Caden uh, Primo plays in Columbus on Thursday. Yeah, and Caden backs up tomorrow. Caden backs in, up tomorrow. Yeah, Caden gets into the into the pregame routine. He gets into the game routine, day routine. Hey, here's what we're gonna do. You're gonna get into the warm up. You're gonna, you know, get a feel, sit on the bench, be ready to go Thursday. TSN hockey scout and analyst, Craig, you're fantastic. I'll talk to you soon, my man. Thank you.
There you have it. Craig Button, this guy's outstanding. All right, thank you for your time. And we get to your phone calls at one 585 7425 We open up the phone lines. Montreal Canadiens fans, you wanted to call in? Here's your opportunity to call in. Sammy, Agnello, and Juliana, and Master Control, let's get to these calls. Uh, some uh, text coming in. Monaghan is a cheap man. Leafs have a history of trading for vets. Mike Anton says, Montambo tomorrow. Dave says, I'd all say it all depends on the interest of other teams for Primo. If there's some serious interest, you don't play Primo. If there's no interest at all, then you can play him. Uh, others, uh, Festivus says, no way uh, Primo ain't playing Thursday. I doubt it. Um, Corey says, just got on. You better be singing, praising Galley. Yes, I am. And Corey, don't tell me what I better be doing on my podcast, right? I'm my own boss now. This is the beauty of what I do, all right? I'm my own boss. I do what I want. I say what I want and how I want. And you don't have to tell me what to say. I'm my own boss. It's a beautiful thing. But thank you for your message anyway, I guess. Uh, thoughts on Joshua Roy lighting it up? I wanted to continue lighting it up with the Laval Rocket. And at one point, uh, when, you know, his development and that he's not going to go on any better and that he's continuing to do it, then at that point, he can come back and he can get the call up with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, as much as you rip Galley, he's playing great, Corey. Yes, Corey, you made that clear to me that you wanted me to praise Galley. Corey, here's the deal. When I criticize Galley's play, it's because he's played bad and he looks bad. And when he plays good, like he did tonight, then I praise his play, okay? Don't make it look like I criticize Gallagher's play when his play is great because I criticize his play when his play is not great. All right? More fair than me, you don't get. Where are we going exactly here? Where are we going? This guy's telling me what I have to say, and then, you know, it's because you always... All right. All right, we're going to... Why don't we take calls? Okay, let's do that. You call. Presented by Playground. You calls presented. You called presented by Playground. One triple eight five eight five seven four two five. One triple eight five seven five eight five seven four two five. One triple eight five eight five six. One triple eight five eight five seven four two five. Uh, where are we going, Sammy? You let me know. Right. I just sent Sammy a message. This way he can send me on the chat where we're going exactly. We'll take calls and we'll take messages. Uh, the more mess you know, you want, you send them in. Boom. Sammy will bring them up. You want to call? I'll take your calls. You don't want to call? I wrap it up. Bonsoir, la visite. Salut. Bon match. Good night. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. That's the way it's going to happen. All right. Sammy brings up a call. I have no idea who's on the line. Rich in Connecticut. Rich in Connecticut. Yeah, what's going on? How are you, Tony? Very good, you. Good, I'm doing well. Hey, I have a question for you. Um, You mentioned last week, I believe, that uh, the Canadians would take their next step when they had uh, another player that can score kind of along the lines of Cole Caulfield. And I was just curious what your thoughts are about uh, the Canadians going after somebody like Connor Garland, who's on the block. Uh, Vancouver's looking for a defensive help. 
yeah. uh, to be able to to do something. And you know, you got a guy that's a proven scorer. He's 27 years old. He plays right wing. Just yeah. wondered what your thoughts were about something like that. Yeah, know him well because I used to work with a uh, with uh, my buddy Chris Nylon, and Chris Nylon is uh, Connor Garland is Chris Nylon's godson, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, but based wow. on what uh, and and Carter Garland's put up, you know, a couple of years where he's put up goals in this league. At one year, he had like twenty-two goals in sixty-eight games. But based on what Craig Button just said, the makeup your of your team, and we had this call from a gentleman last week who said you can't win with a small team. And I said, well, you right. can try and stockpile. You know, you, if you have several small players, you keep the best ones, and then you'll trade some of them. But based on exactly. having. Um, Newhook, Suzuki, and Caulfield, who are 5'11 or less, Caulfield's 5'7, not to mention Brendan Gallagher. Are you going to add Connor Garland to the mix now? Uh, well, I, I think at that point, the balance of your team would be way off. You'd be too small. You think? I, well, okay. the, the law of physics would say that you're too small. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You know, it's 12 forwards. 12 forwards that you move forward with, uh, four lines in the playoffs, 12 forwards. Suzuki, yep. Gallagher, Suzuki, pardon me, Suzuki, Gallagher, Caulfield, Newhook, and and uh, Connor Garland. You'd have five? Yeah, Suzuki, right, right. Caulfield, Gallagher, Newhook, and Connor Garland. There would be five. That would be too small, I think. Good player, though. I appreciate it. Yep. But I, I think it would be too small. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much. All right, there you have it. That was Rich in Connecticut. Lines are open. one 888 one Got to go to the bathroom. I'm drinking way too much water, man. Damn. Jack. Jack, what's going on? How are you, Mr. Tony? All I'm going to say is the Canadians need the better defense. Until they get better defense, they will not win a cup. Oh, hold on a second. I, I know I know this voice. I know this voice. This is uh this is Jack from uh from uh, that beautiful establishment on Crescent. Right? That's where you come party all the time. That's where you're gonna be My girl likes to party you. all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Right what a beautiful on. song. I'll see you I... on my birthday, November eighteenth. And I'll see you at the big dorm reunion party this Saturday at Plaza Centreville with Aniello Cavallaro. Uh, as a matter of fact, yes, um, I was. I am going to be there on uh, on Saturday night. On Saturday night, I'm going to watch the Montreal Canadiens and the versus the Winnipeg Jets. And as soon as that game is over, I'm making myself over to uh, that establishment for the dome reunion. That's the only place to be on Saturday night. Then November 18th, yeah. you'll be hosting my birthday party at Jet Nightclub. Oh, wow. My girl wants to party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. Remember who sang that song? Eddie Murphy. You're absolutely right, my friend. Okay, so what's your point here? What's your point? Jack, Jack, what's your point? The last time I saw you, we were at the... Uh, the, the 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 jet what's it called again the jet club what's it called jet nightclub the jet nightclub we were there uh, give my regards to the owner by the way seems like a, a great guy 
you and him set me up a couple of drinks and uh and i shouldn't say this but uh we were partying it up with some wrestlers from the wwe remember that 100 percent, 100 percent. who knows who's going to be appearing on my birthday what special guest will be flying into montreal to taylor swift on my birthday taylor swift and travis kelsey or what uh, no, bigger than that. A lot bigger than that. Drake? Uh, I guess we're going to find out that night. We'll find out. I'll see you on Saturday night. You and I will talk. Jack, formerly from the Dome now. I'll be there at the... 9.30, 10 o'clock at Plaza Centreville waiting for you. All right, okay. Plaza Centreville is the place to be on Saturday night. There you have it, Jack, from the Jet Nightclub. Back to the phone lines we go at one 888 1-888-585-7425. Where are we going exactly? Sammy and Master Control. Bring up the calls. Let's go. We want to take hundreds and hundreds of phone calls. We want to be your place after every Montreal Canadiens game where you call first. Jay's in Toronto. Jay, turn the uh, turn the volume down. What's going on, Jay? Is this Tony? It is. Is this Jay? Yes. Okay. You want to turn down that volume so I don't hear myself twice as good as I sound? Okay, I'm turning it down. Thank you. How are is you? Very good. Is it down now, the volume? Y- yes, it is. I, I still hear it, Jay. I'm, I think we've got a problem. Toronto, Canada. Yeah, I've heard of it. Hold on. Okay, I'm turning it down. It's down oh. now. Is that better? Yeah, it very much is. Yeah, are you a Montreal Canadiens fan or a Toronto Maple Leafs fan? I'm a bigger fan than you are. And was it too, I've been to six parades, Tony. Who's better than you? Could you make it louder? Because I can't hear him. Yeah, you've been to six parades. That doesn't make you a bigger fan than me. It just makes you older than me. That's all. Yeah, I've got I've got this '79 team on uh, signed on one sweater. Really? Yes. Well, I have every I single autograph of the '1990. 1990- I don't have a Scotty Bowman. Well, I have every single autograph of the 1993 team tattooed all over my body. Can yeah, you beat that? Well, I, I, uh, I've been a Montreal Canadian Jay, since I was. Jay, Jay, do you have the players' names? Jay, do you have the players' names? Harper scored that goal from one end of the ice to the other. Jay, do you have the players' names tattooed on your body? No, not on my body, no. Yeah, yeah, neither did I. I was just making no, that I've up. No, I got him on a sweater. Yeah, neither do I. You know, I'm scared of getting no. a, t- a tattoo, to tell you the truth. I met Guy Lafleur three times. Uh, I met Guy Lafleur more Love than that. Guy. The flower. La fleur. Le démon blanc. I actually met him once when okay, he used to have... What he, about the today is hold on a second. The only thing down. that bothers me is that you don't make me finish my sentence. I'm sorry, sorry. No, you don't have to be sorry, okay? Let's have a conversation, but let's make it two ways here. Yeah, I know, but you're not giving me a chance to speak. It sounds like you're trying to imitate Tony Marinero. doesn't give anyone any time of day or any chance to speak here. But I met Guy Lafleur several times, one of which was at a restaurant that he used to own, which used to be in Rosemere. Right. And one of the best times I ever had was hanging out at a restaurant on... Sources and Brunswick. Oh, I, I don't he was there with Larry Robinson. Yeah, I've met Larry Robinson. Their agent and advisor, Donnie Cape, and the yeah. Stanley Cup. 
And I was there, and my oldest son, Anthony, was there. And I sat down right. at the table with Donnie King, right. Larry Robinson, Guy Lafleur, me, my son, and the Stanley Cup. Wow. And we talked for one hour. I have slept. And we talked for one hour about those right. Canadian teams of the 70s. Yes. And hockey in general. I, Today, I'll never I, forget. I, I took my two sons. Uh, uh, yeah. came down to Toronto about uh, 12, 13 years ago. He did a signing at a place called Frozen Pond. Is that right, eh? And Yeah. And I took my two sons. They were seven and 10 years old or so. Yeah. Yeah. And I took them down for a signing and they wanted, they wanted like, 30 bucks for a signature and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. 40 bucks for a signature on the hat or a sweater, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, we yeah. stood in line for an hour and a half waiting. Yeah. I didn't have that much money on me. So I just I, wanted I, my sweater signed by him. I understand that. But so, let me ask you something, Jay, though, in ending with all due respect. Okay. Yes. Like I'm taking calls about the game. Like you're calling to talk to me about the seventies. Yeah, your I'll autograph, so your I'll shirt, your fan, your socks, your underwear, your hockey cards. <laughs> what are we talking about here, Jay? What are we talking about? They're taking. What do you think about these penalties? Stupid penalties they're taking on the offense. Tonight, it's not an issue because they won the game. I know, but it is an issue. It is an they issue. They have to play defense. They, they got to kill penalties. I understand. Stupid you think penalties. they're going to make the playoffs this year? Be realistic. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs this year? Yeah, I think they will. Well, then uh, you know what? If you think they're going to make the playoffs, they're definitely going to have to cut down on some of those penalties. Jay. Yes. You want to know what the yes. best thing about Toronto is? I, 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 I'm not crazy about Toronto. I hate. First of all, I hate the Leafs. I think that there's too much talking about the Leafs here. They make them look bigger than they are. I think they're really soft on the back end of the league. Jay, and I didn't ask you about the, in the first Jay, round. Jay, Jay. Yeah, I didn't ask you about the Leafs. My question <laughs> was, you want me to tell you what the best thing about Toronto is? You're talking to me about the Leafs. Why am I, right. I I'm, I'm talking oranges and you're responding bananas. I understand right, you're in Toronto. Right. Okay, maybe ahead. not on the same wavelength and stuff like that. You understand? You know what the best thing about Toronto is? What? The 401 back to Montreal. Jay, I got to go. <laughs> Kevin is in Halifax. Kevin. You're right. Yeah, I know I'm right. Kevin. Kevin in Halifax. Kevin, what's going on? Kevin, are you there? Hello. Hello. Hey, hey Tony. What's happening, man? Is it me you're looking for? I can see Absolutely. it in your eyes. I'm looking for you. I can see it in your smile. You're all I've ever wanted. And your arms are open wide. Yeah, what's going on? So I was watching the game tonight, obviously. I would hope so, and because or else what are we talking about? About their power play, even yes, though sir. I know it's not good. Yeah. And they do that crazy drop pass, and then someone skates up like Suzuki and tries to break in the zone. Yeah. The thing about it is I have is I find hmm. you don't have enough speed doing that. So would you pass that off to someone who's quicker, like New Hook perhaps, or Anderson, 
so they can get in because by the time they get to the blue line, the other team has four defenders already lined up and they don't seem to want to chip it in or dump it in to go retrieve it. Perfect. So sometimes when you drop the puck back and you drop it back to someone who's going to gain access into the offensive zone, sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not going to work. Based on the players that you have, you have to decipher what is going to be an entry plan. Do you use the drop pack, uh, drop back pass, or do you dump it in and you go after it? They've decided to use the pass back. Now, Suzuki, when he, he's the one who has the best puck protection, the best hands, uh, the softest hands in terms of stick handling and holding on to the puck of all players they have in the lineup right now. So he doesn't need to enter with a tremendous amount of speed. A guy like Newhook can use his speed to enter into the zone. So I think I've answered the question. At least I hope I have. The drop pass, for the most part, though, a lot of teams know that a lot of teams use the drop pass and they set themselves back and they know how to be able to set up a wall at their blue line to actually stop it from happening, stop access into the zone before it happens. So at that point, what you have to do, if you might not be able to stick handle your way in, you have to chip it by the players in front of you, and then you have to send the guys in to go and get it. Thank you for your call. We'll continue to go to the phone calls. I one triple eight five eight five seven four two five. It's one triple eight five eight five sick. Marinaro, I drank way too much water. I need to go to the bathroom. I don't know if I'm going to start doing the show with a catheter or a urinal under the table, whatever, but I got to go. And to tell you the truth, I should go because in two minutes, it's going to be 11 o'clock. We'll have been on for an hour, but because I'm feeling it and because I get the feeling that my audience, you, my sick army, you, my sick community watching want a little bit more, I don't want to leave. Anthony and St. Hubert. We oui, allô? We oui, allô? Vous avez appelé le podcast, c'est qui qui parle? Tony. Vous voulez parler à Tony? Oh. Vous, vous voulez parler I, à Tony? Uh, can I please speak to Tony? Y- yes, one second. We're just filtering the calls because we have five calls on hold, okay? This is Anthony and Saint. Is this calling me? Is this Anthony and Saint Hubert? Yes. Okay, we'll get to you in five seconds. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Marinero, the sick podcast. We're going to Anthony and Saint Hubert. Anthony, what's going on? Yeah, uh, ciao, Tony. How are you? Hey, very good, Anthony. Very, very good. Sorry okay. to keep you uh, waiting there. Sorry about that. No, no problem. No problem. Hey, uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask you: Have you noticed the past few games? that they've been struggling on the breakout from the defensive zone. Yeah, yeah, somebody, uh, oh, the breakout, the breakout pass, you're saying. You're, 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 we're talking yeah. about the breakout pass, the first pass out of the zone? Well, well yeah, yeah, have you noticed that they've been outshot the past few games? I, I have, yes. I've noticed that a lot of passes are not tape to tape. I noticed that they're having a big problem with possession. I, I've noticed that, yes, but as a matter of fact, look, they were all played tonight for big spurts of the game, but Jake Allen came up big, big. Bah, you could only go so far with that. You could. We did it with Kerry Price, but uh, honestly, when you're in the defensive zone, you have to get get out the puck as soon as possible. 
and I I I feel like they're having a struggle with that, and I don't know if it's because the D's are they're young and experienced, yeah. but I I just feel like as the season goes on, I think yeah. they're going to be bombarded with shots. Yeah, Anthony, how much a goalie could do? I really hate to do this, okay. Bear with me for a second. I'm really going to need your cooperation on this one, okay? No problem. This is an extreme circumstance right now, what I'm going to tell you, okay? I really need to go to the bathroom, but I want to continue this call with... I, no, I'm serious. But I want to continue this call with you because I think this is the most interesting call that I've received so far tonight, okay? All right, no problem. Can I put you on hold with Agnello? Yeah, no problem. I'm going to put you on hold with Agnello right now, and I'm going to come back to you in about a minute, okay? Yeah. Okay, you're on hold right now. All right. <laughs> Hi, Anthony. Yes. Yeah, wait, Tony, we'll get back to you in about 40 seconds time. Yeah, no problem, no problem. He just said to go to the bathroom. We'll be back. He pees a lot during the show. <laughs> it's fine. He's coming back. You ready? It's fine. It's fine. He's coming back. You ready? Yeah. Tony, you back? And we're back with Anthony. Anthony, sorry about that, man. I really had to go. Anthony, you were talking to me about the breakout pass. What else is uh, on your mind, yeah. my man? Uh, well, <clears throat> that's about it. Uh, yeah. Besides, I feel uh, I don't feel that Suzuki is a number one center, to be honest. But that's my personal opinion. No. But uh, no. what? Is, what is a num what, what's a number one centerman for you? Like I said, someone that makes a difference in the game. Um, someone that makes a difference in the game. Yeah, you know, like. Um, Someone if he gets who, if he gets a point per game this year, is that a difference maker good, to you? A very good number two center, you know. But yeah, yeah, we need that superstar center. You don't need a superstar Both center. Teams. You don't need a super. Austin Matthews a superstar center? Of course, of course. How many points did he pick up last year? <laughs> Doesn't matter what he did last year; it's what the other years he did. Also, you're you're right about that. Okay, so let's go through those other years. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. 69 points, 63 points, 73 points, 80 points, 66 points, 106 points, 85 points. So if we take sure. first year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, and seventh year, okay, uh, and average it out, I think it'll probably average to, I, I haven't done the, the math, by the way, I think it'll probably average to, you know, an 82-point season. There have been injuries. Yeah, no, no, there have, but how there have been injuries. You know, he scores a lot of goals. So, so if Suzuki picks up a point per game this year, will you give him that label as a number one centerman, or you won't because... Like I said, he, the season's young. He, he might turn out to be a number one center. Okay. Um... But I still do feel that we need that superstar center. Okay, is Braden Point the number one centerman? Braden Point? Yeah. 
Well, he, he, well, please say yes. I mean, I if you're going to say that Braden Point's not a number one centerman, he's a very good center. He's a very good center. He's a very yeah, no, but <clears throat> he's a number one centerman, Anthony. Anthony, Anthony. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. No, no, you, 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 but you're not saying yes, though. You're telling me you understand, but you're not saying yes, Anthony. Braden Point's the number one centerman in the National Hockey League, Anthony. So my question to you is. How do you think Nick Suzuki would be would do if he played on a line with Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos? But that's it. That, that, it doesn't help that. Yeah, that. You know, I understand. I understand your point. But yeah. Look, uh, it's just my opinion. And no, no. And listen, a lot of people share your opinion. By the way, a lot of people share your opinion. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. You were a good call. So much so. That I had to leave and go to the bathroom. Put you on hold with a yellow. Kept you on hold for one minute. Came back and took your call again. Yeah. That's how good a call you were. You're very welcome. Thank I'll you. Call, call anytime. Yeah. Call back another time. Yeah. We got uh, three more calls. Uh, can we bring up Sammy here? Can we do this or what? Sammy, can, can we bring you up or what? Sammy, is there any chance that we can bring you up? Sammy and yellow before we get to the next call. Is there any chance we can? I'm going to say it again. We can't. We can't. So now that I have to go to the bathroom for real, now I'm going to end up peeing in my pants because of the, the way this whole thing is set up. I cannot bring you up. Can you put the video, please, that I have to take a pee break? And I'll be back in like 30 seconds. For the audio, or you can even watch back, giving players all the props, or put them on blast. We don't give no hot takes, only talk back. We're giving all our devotion, riding high on this wave of emotion, going all out, yeah, cause this is our time. No, we no stopping us till we reach the finish line. I'm back. Oh, my God. I feel so much better now. Okay, so here's the deal. I feel so much better now that I think, Sammy, that I could end up going for quite some time tonight. I really can. It's 11.07. Where are we going exactly? Quincy in Montreal. Quincy. Tony. Hey, Quincy, how are you? I'm good, and you? Very good. What's going on? Let Talk to me, my man. Talk to me. Man, I just want to say, like, I think the Habs, like, played a good game today. Yep. I just want to know, like... Jake Allen played a good game. He's 36 to 37. What'd you say? Come again? No, yeah. Um, Pardon I me? don't think, like, it's going to last for, like, a whole year. You, you don't think it's going to last the whole year, what they did? Well, I mean, most people would agree with you. Uh, everyone says they're in a rebuild, and that chances are they're not going to make the playoffs this year. So most people would agree with you, Quincy. Exactly. Jake I, Allen, though, tonight, huh? 36 to 37. I mean, if you can stay healthy and then if Allen can play like that all year, maybe. Yeah. Maybe playoff. He was like a wall tonight. Umuru. You understand? Umuru. The wall. 
exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But hey, so Gallagher, I, Gallagher, listen, Gallagher's got something in the tank. I didn't think he had much left in the tank. I thought he was running on empty, to tell you the truth. But it looks like you still got a good $20 left in that tank, my friend. How far that $20 really? in that tank is going to take him before it needs to fill up again? I don't know. But yeah. uh, Brendan Gallagher, yeah. as they say en français, il n'a pas dit son dernier mot. Exactly. Exactly. You're currently having vintage Gallagher now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quincy, where, where are you calling me from exactly? Uh, Montreal. You, you, you know what? I, I feel like I've known you for a long time. You sound like a guy who would be my buddy and that we would call each other after the first or second period and say, hey, what did you think? The first period? You and I are hitting it. Are you feeling this chemistry right now? Of course. Of course. I'm feeling the chemistry between you and I. I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're I think we're going to catch fire together. But look at that. Whoa. Oh, fumo, my friend. El fuego. Yes, 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 yes. What else is on your mind? And I just want to know, like, uh, what are we doing with uh, Primo and Motombo? Like, uh, I think uh, you know what I I agree with. Uh, I agree with what um, with uh, well, I, I, yeah, I think I agree with what um, Craig Button said, and that we're not going to see Jake Allen for the next two games. Now, Craig Button believes that we're going to see Montembo tomorrow night, and we're going to see yeah. Kid and Primo on Thursday night. I don't know if that's the case, but I, I would be willing to bet that Primo's going to play one of the next two. Yeah, I think the same thing, Steve. But as, you know, right, as as uh, uh, CJB Hab says via YouTube Live, let's pump the brakes here. Montreal beat Chicago, Washington, and Buffalo. Let's see what happens I mean, tomorrow night. The least. They, they battled the least pretty good. Johnny Jutta says, Tony, I saw you in Little Italy this summer. Yes. I was there uh, on weekends this summer, taking my Vespa, meeting at around the 18th Avenue in Notre Dame in Lachine. That was our, our meeting point, making our way up Notre Dame, all the way through downtown Montreal, into old Montreal, all the way up St. Laurent, into Little Italy. Go have a nice espresso or a macchiato. I would actually prefer a cold coffee in the summer at one of those fine bars. Make our way. Go have either some pizza, focaccia, arancini, and then finish it off with Joe and Marche Tanya and have some watermelon and some fruit there. Watermelon was usually the fruit of choice. Nice and cold coming out of the refrigerator. I like all fruit, but on a hot summer day, a watermelon coming out of the fridge, nice and cold. Quincy, there's nothing better than that. Tell that to your friends. And if they say, where did you hear that? Or who told you that? You told them, I told you. And you can also add that you and I, we're friends. Tell them you know me. Tell them you know me. Thank you. Quincy in Montreal. Sounds like a good guy to me. Quincy. Where else are we going here? Agnello and Sammy at Master Control. Where are we going? Yeah, yeah. Chris is in Whitehorse. Hello, Tony. Big fan of the show. Thank you very much, I've my been, for calling. I need a little more Tony in my life every day, so I started spraying my hair with uh, my own little spray bottle at work, and people think I'm crazy, but they just yeah. don't get it. I understand. If you want Tony in your life, you follow me 
Weekdays, 1240 p.m., BPM Sports Radio, 10-minute radio hit. Weeknights, well, there we go. 5.30 p.m., TVA Sports Television, 10-minute hit. And weeknights, 10 p.m., The Sick Podcast. That's where you can find me. Radio, television, and podcasting. The best of all three worlds. Radio 10 minutes, TV 10 minutes, podcasting at least an hour. So far, we are 73 minutes into the sick podcast. Chris, what's going on? Well, I just uh, been following the season. I'm surprised at the, uh, at the win so far. But uh, one thing I, I noticed is uh, going into the season, a lot of the questions are, uh, you know, will South Coffee take the next uh, step? Can Doc uh, be the number two or number one center? Uh, where will Newhook fall with the team? A lot of young guys, and you know, obviously, yeah, yeah. We've still got a long, long ways to go here. I, I, the the one thing I keep going back to is, uh, will the fan base, uh, you know, have the patience for this going forward? And I think the big test for, for the uh, for the for the owners and uh, for management is, is is when they start getting into the territory of almost making the playoffs, being twenty games out with a few points back, and. You know, will, will they stick to their guns? And and if it means trading players off and maybe missing the playoffs this season or next, you know, will will, will they uh, will 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 they succumb to the the anxieties of the fan base, or they will they hold their guns for the next couple of years and wait for those big draft picks and and free agent signings? They're going to stick to their guns. They've already talked about it, Chris. That if they're in a playoff spot, and uh, you know what. Uh, they're, they're not going to give up prospects or young players on their team to go out and pick up a player that'll put them over the hump this year. They're not going to do that. They're going to stick to their guns. They have a plan, and they're going to execute on that plan accordingly. Gordon and Hughes are going to do that. We're, we're dealing with a couple of businessmen over here. I call them the stockbrokers. You understand? The stockbrokers. Yeah, I think you're right. And it seems to be the case. They haven't they haven't swayed from that uh that mentality yet and uh I'm hoping for the best, you know. I think the fan base seems probably more patient than it has in 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 years uh after, you know, getting close a couple years ago and uh you know, previous management I like some of the things they did and and at times they they just went went for it when maybe people thought they shouldn't have, but uh in any yeah. case it seems uh, people are patient and willing to to see these young players, you know, take their time and develop properly, you know? Chris, great phone call by you. And I love this message that comes in, this post from Peter August, who says, tonight you saw the importance of having some experienced veterans on the team. Allen, Gallagher, Monaghan, Savard, and Pearson. Chris, thanks for taking the time to give me a call. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, all right. Do we take one more phone call or do we end it like this? Sammy and Aniello, a master control. You tell me what you want me to do. You want me to take that phone call? I will, but be ready to pay me more. Troy and Fredericton. Oh, come on, Tony. One more call. Why not, eh? Yeah, yeah. One more call. Why not? What's going on? Listen, buddy. Get some fire. I want to see some fire going. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You want to see fire? You put yourself on fire. Let's go. Bring the fire, and you're going to see the fire. And now okay. it's coming to two more cars on hold. We're some, we're some kind of proud of, of, of Jake Allen down here in Fredericton, let me tell you. He, he's, a, he's a pride and joy of Fredericton, New Brunswick. 
And, uh, you know, I, I've been defending him all summer long, I, you know, on, online and fans saying, fans saying that. And he's playing exactly like I figured he would play when, when we acquired him. Yeah. And if he can stay healthy and the team can stay healthy, I yeah. think the team can make the playoffs. I really do. I get a kick out of uh, a lot of uh, experts, uh, you know, write, writing writing the, the Habs off and, and saying that they don't have any depth, blah, blah, blah. I, yeah, I yeah, totally blah, disagree. blah, blah, yeah. I think we have a hell of a lot of depth in the organization, and this team, they're a young team, and, and yeah. you know, they're, they're showing up by, you know, maybe being outshot, but I like okay. how they're playing. I like how they're playing in their own zone this year, Sony. Especially tonight, they're, they're getting that one pass. They're getting they're getting that out of the zone. Remember last year, they're always getting caught in their zone, and 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 they're having a hell of a hard time getting getting that puck out of the zone. So, but you, uh, but you know what? Listen, I I appreciate your call and your calling saying that you're getting a kick out of the experts saying that they're not going to make the playoffs this year, and you believe that they will, and this and that. You do realize that if it wasn't for Jake Allen tonight, the Canadians lose, eh? You like you realize that, eh? I do, I do. Versus, versus the Buffalo team it, that's very average and didn't make the playoffs and hasn't Patrick made it for Wall, a decade. Little Patrick Wall, we don't win the cup in '86 and we don't win it in '93. So I talk about Jake Allen team and yeah, these kids, these kids are still learning. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Chemistry's come. I like the way the chemistry's coming together. Yeah, yeah. I talked about Jake Allen. You're talking to me about Patrick Wall. Mozitu, mo, mozitu. And listen, oh. fantastic call. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, 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 what do you mean? Cut me off already. Cut, what, 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 do you, what do you want to do? You want to be on for the rest of the show or what? It's, uh, it's a oh, no, right? I want to talk about the game for crying out loud. Oh, you want to talk about uh, the game? Well, you, you called. You talked about Jake Allen. You told me where he was born, at what hospital, at what church. The fact that you're proud of him. No problem. Talk to me about the game. You talked to me about the playoffs. You talked to me about the media. You talked to me about the experts. You talked to me about getting a kick out of the situation. Okay, go ahead. Now you want to talk about the game. I like I, I, I like all four lines tonight. I thought we had great chemistry. Um, he got upset, too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I'm a little fired up here. Yeah, uh, yeah you're fired you up. Know, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sick of everybody talking about Monaghan and, and what, we can get, what we can get for this guy. You know, I, I said that all summer long, and I said this yeah. last year. Why is it in Montreal that we – to me, I think we could build around a guy like Monaghan. I, I, I really do. And – why can't we sign this guy? Why it can't all depends, it all depends on what he wants? Well, so if Monahan puts up sixty points, what do you think he's going to ask you for? This is his chance in his career to cash in. If he puts up sixty points, you want to know how much he's going to ask you for? What? Okay. Well, so so let's just say this. Let's just say this. Okay. Yeah. Suzuki gets eighty points. Caulfield gets seventy points. If Monahan gets sixty or sixty-five, what do you think he's going to ask you for? No clue. He's going to ask you for a long-term no. deal at six plus million dollars a year. You ready to give it to him? I don't know. I guess it depends on the cap. You get. I mean, he reminds me of. I, 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 he reminds me of Kirk Muller. The way he goes to the net and his stick and his smarts. Yeah. And to me, you need a guy like that in the dressing room. I really like our mix of, of youth and, yeah. and, and veterans. I really do. And, uh, you know, everybody's writing off uh, Gallagher. Yeah, maybe he's not as fast as he used to be, but you don't have to be. As long as you're smart, the way he plays, the way he goes to the net, um, I didn't write him off. And uh, Good for you. Oh, you're smarter than me. Well, I'm not saying that. but I, No, I'm well, I am. You know, you don't have to. I am. Know? Because I wrote him off. You didn't write him off tonight. You're smarter than me. Well, no, people forget that the guy had, he had long COVID, and it takes a while to get your win back. 
And the same with Pearson. I mean, he had, oh, he, oh, he had long COVID. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's long COVID, right? There's long COVID. There's short COVID. There's the first COVID, the second COVID, the first vaccine, the third vaccine, the fifth vaccine, long COVID, short COVID. Oh, you're okay. right. You're right about that's it. it. Now, that's you're right. right. You're right. I'm, t- I'm, like, I'm playing like, with you and Frederick New Brunswick. I'm playing with you tonight. I know you are. And you get a guy like Pearson, okay? He hadn't played, in a long, what, a year and a half. You can practice all you want. But you can't get in game shape unless you're playing games. And, and these true. guys are proving it. And, That's true. Uh, hey, Gallagher and Pearson are our are, are two biggest uh, factors last couple of games. So, yeah, I say go Habs, go, Tony. And I, I go into every season thinking we can win the Cup, and why the hell not? You know that uh, Pearson, I was worried when they picked up Pearson. I said, what are they picking this guy up for? He can't play anymore. Me He's too. I, three goals, I, well, I watched your podcast that night, right? And was it sport yeah. therapist for the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah. It sounded like this guy was rode off. And I thought, holy frig. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But man, this is the Pearson that was a pain in our ass when we played against that guy. And he looks like uh, he's happy uh, to be here. Huh? He looks like he's happy to be here. He is. And he's got great hands. I think I would switch him and Anderson up and up and up. I like to see Pearson on the first wave, but. But the chemistry, but the, we have really good chemistry going on that second. And, that Anderson, second. Anderson doesn't have it on the first wave of the power play. I'd like no, to see Slavkovsky. I'd like, like, like to see Pearson. He has better hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I hear you. Okay, I'll talk to you yeah. soon. Is that okay? Or are you going to get upset right. that I want to go to the next one? It's, it's okay go with you. Go. go, Abs, go. All yeah. right, okay. Troy and Fredericton. Troy sounds like a good guy. Um. All right, okay. Where are we going exactly here? Where are we going? We are going to... I have no idea where we're going. We're going to get to it in a second. It's my opportunity, by the way, to talk to you about one of our partners. The WPT Global October Millions is in full swing at Playground. Day one for the $300,000 guaranteed multi-day mega accumulator are scheduled all week. And the $1 million guaranteed main event starts October 26th. Visit playground.ca for details. That's Thursday, and I think there's a pretty good chance that you're going to see me at Playground on Thursday. Victorio is in Villa Sal. Vitor. Yo, Tony, how are you? Very, very good. This is not the Vittorio I know. I only know one Vittorio in Villa Sal, and you are not the guy. The Vittorio that I know is a plumber. Oh, <laughs> I know. I don't really uh, meet a lot of uh, Vittorios. Yeah, we right. call him yeah. Vittorio yeah. Uplumber, even though Uplumber doesn't really exist in Italian. Yeah. What's going on, Victor? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I uh, enjoyed the game. It was a good yeah. defensive performance. I just, I, re- I just really want to talk about one guy. One I mean, guy. I mean, no one's really talked about him tonight. No, no one. No one's talked about him, but you will. No. He had a great game today, Tony. You know, second game of the season, I'm pretty sure. Got a goal. Great defensive performance too. Justin Barrett. What do What do you think uh, he can do? Do you think he can like elevate himself in the lineup a bit, or or do you think that bottom pairing role with Jack I is where you should stay for now? Uh, I think um, at the end of the day, he will be. Can he be a four in your lineup one day? Yes. Um, on a consistent basis, uh, I'm not so sure. He's either got that ability or that the team can go very far if he's going to be that number four. Um, The tools are there. He skates well. 
Yeah, he's got a good pass. He's got some offensive instincts. You saw it tonight. A jack-eye shot, by the way, that gave out a juicy rebound by Comrie onto the stick of Justin Barron, and boom, he pots it home. Barron has something. And, of course, he's obviously got a big advantage of being a right-handed defenseman because those, they don't grow, they don't grow on trees, Victor. No, you no, know what? No. We are, we are. 85 minutes into the sick podcast with Marinero. Nobody's brought up Barron. Nobody, but you brought him up. Why? Because you're calling from Villa Sal. You're calling from Villa Were you born and raised in Villa Sal? Yes. We are a different breed in Villa Sal. Do you understand? Are you mountainside? I, I or... no, no one compares to us, Tony. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Are you mountainside or beachside? Where are you calling me from exactly? Uh, mountainside. You are a mountainside. Okay, so chances are we're in the same neck of the woods, right? Around, yeah. You yeah, know, you know where? You, you, library. Yeah, uh, pardon library me? Around there. The Octagon Library. Yeah, the Octagon Library. I know very well where it is. Yeah, it's off uh, yeah, Dollar and... Like and uh, right next to and, uh, Yeah, close to Sally and stuff like that, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Perrin? Is that Perrin there or Payan? Perrin or Payan? Is there one of those streets there? Which one is it? Yeah, it's one of those streets. Yeah, one of those streets. Yeah, we're we're not too far exactly. You know exactly. You know where I live. Don't say it, by the way, if you know. Do you know where I live? No, I I, I know you live uh, maybe near the Aqu- Aquadome. Uh, you yeah, then near the Aquadome. Yes, you you don't drive around in Villa Sal, trying to see you know if you see me sitting down on my gallery or whatever. Nothing, you know. You don't do that, Tony. So I still don't have my license, Tony. Uh, you don't have your license. I have a lot of people driving oh. by and they're honking all the time. Beep 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 beep. Victor and LaSalle. Victor, you call again. I want you to be a regular on the sick podcast with Marinero. You want to know why? Because we got to about, I don't know how many different calls. We are 86 minutes into the show. Nobody asked about Barron. You brought him up. You, you, Victor, you brought him up. I want you to call the time, Victor. Victor, I want you to call the time, Victor. Thank you. I'll I'll try and call uh, maybe maybe this week. I just want to highlight Barron. You want to highlight him defensively, I think, prospect wise. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know where he's gonna be in the next couple of years if these guys like Reinbacher, Mayu, and Hudson pan out. Like, uh, I understand I, that. I don't know. Yeah, he's gonna be our yeah. six. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh Mayu, right-handed defenseman, Reinbacher, right-handed defenseman, Lane Hudson, right. left-handed defenseman. Great call by Don Vito Corleone. Thank you, Tony. Have a thank, good night. Thank you, Vito. Was a very polite young man, too. Eh? Very, very polite. Good guy. Very good guy. I want to thank, uh, you know, some of our sponsors, one of which is Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Mike Cinquino, Sean Gerard, David Grassi. Spoke to Sean Gerard briefly last week. He said, Tony, I love when you bring up my name. You know who loves it even more? His wife. His wife, his wife loves it when I bring up his name. So Sean Gerard, Sean Gerard, Sean Gerard. I just brought it up three times. If your wife's happy... You can thank me. And brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards, Labitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. Labitta TB, embrace your true nature. A couple of days ago, I was at the IGA Extra on De La Rancid in LaSalle. In LaSalle. In Laval. Pardon me, IGA Extra, De La Rancid in Laval. Why am I always thinking LaSalle? And uh, I was there for, what, two and a half to three hours 2 p.m., close to about 5 p.m., there was some some beer tasting going on, some samples there. People were trying the beer, and you know what? The cases were, were, were just flying off the shelves. I'm telling you, 
everyone that came and tried the beer, the cases were flying off the shelves. It's that good. Give it a try. I'll be at an IGA Extra again in a couple of weeks from now. You come see me. We'll talk sports. We'll talk Habs. You are my sick army. You are my sick community. For Agnello and Sammy and Master Control, the Montreal Canadiens go back at it tomorrow night when they host the New Jersey Devils here, of course, in Montreal. And when the game is over, a couple of minutes after that, at 10 p.m. Eastern, I'll be back live. Same time, same place. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana at Master Control, they're Cavallaro. Me, I'm the guy often imitated, never duplicated. The one only original sick I'm Marinaro and that's a wrap hope you don't miss us too much until next time follow the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube Instagram Facebook Google Play and Apple Podcasts the sick podcast is brought to you by energy transportation group driven to be different La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.